the key to victory. It's the World Series, the bottom of the ninth, one on and two outs, down by one and Kirk Gibson steps up to the plate. He's the Dodgers pinch hitter and has two injured knees. Who's he batting against? Dennis Eckersley of Oakland, who some would say at this time was the best relief pitcher in all of baseball. Yes, this actually happened. If you understand baseball talk, this situation is nearly every kid's childhood dream. You're on the biggest stage, at the most important point of the game, with everything resting on your shoulders. The pitch is thrown, Kirk swings, and... Home run. Game over. The Dodgers win. Many consider this to be the most clutch play in sports history, ever. If you're not a baseball fan, just change that story to fit your sport. Think about the greatest sports fantasy you've ever dreamed up in your mind. The one you repeated over and over again until you convinced yourself that you did it. Literally that one moment. The moment when it's down to the wire and you pull through to win the biggest situation that your sport has ever seen. And you're the hero. That dream is practically what Kirk Gibson lived when he won the World Series for the Dodgers. Now, what if someone came up and told you that what Kirk did was great and what you have envisioned may be greater, but there has been an even more clutch situation than what you ever thought possible. More intense than a stadium full of tens of thousands of fans, not to mention millions more watching on TV. More important than the championship game of any sport. More historic than any undefeated record and more impressive than any last second play. Not only that, but in that clutch situation lies the key to victory for your own life. Well, guess what? Something like this has happened. And that clutch situation actually does hold the key to victory in your own life, both now and forever. Part one, what you need to know first. All right, in order to fully grasp the key to ultimate victory, there's something you need to know first. Think back to our ultra clutch play when Kirk Gibson stepped up to the plate. If all you heard was that Kirk hit a home run, you really wouldn't think it was all that big of a deal. But since you knew that Kirk's home run came in the World Series, at the very end of the game, all while Kirk was injured, then you could fully recognize the importance of his hit. The same is true with understanding the key to victory. You need a little backstory. Ready? We're starting way back, at the very beginning of time when God created the world. Now, for some people, it might be a stretch to acknowledge that God actually created everything. Sometimes it's just hard to believe in something you can't see. Hang on to that point though, because you can see God. No, you won't see him face to face like you do other humans, but you can see God by what he's made. Just look at yourself and think about it. Everything from how your body responds to training, to drinking sports drinks for energy, even to the entire world you play your sport in. Do you really think that it's possible that all of that came from nothing? God has said, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Romans 1.20 Did you catch that? You're without excuse because you're actually living in what God has made. Next time you're thirsty, try to make some water, because you won't be able to. Nobody other than God has ever been able to make something out of nothing. That's why God said it in another place, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Psalm 19.1 The truth is that everything was created by God. So, that's the first part of what you need to know. God made everything. The second part is that God originally created humans to worship him. Yes, that's right. God created humans to worship him. Now, that might sound selfish, so think about it this way. God didn't need to create you, or any human for that matter. The whole reason God created you and everyone else was so that you could share in his glory. 
This is why God said, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Isaiah 43, 7. God created you for his glory so that you could enjoy his incredibleness. If anything, the word generosity can't even begin to describe what God did when he created you. God's act was not a selfish one. This is the reason why you may have noticed something. Everything that you do to make yourself feel good goes away. Quickly. Take winning for an example. After winning a competition, you usually feel amazing. Give it one or two days, though, and whatever made you feel so awesome is gone. Why is that? It's because you weren't designed to find ultimate joy in those things. Sure, winning may be fun, but it's not what you were designed for. Once again, take it from God himself who said, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. 1 John 2, 16-17 The point is this. God created you to worship him, and worshiping God is what will ultimately satisfy you. Once you understand this backstory, you're on your way to unlocking the key to victory in your own life. Part 2. Why you're losing. Great. Now you have the first things first. What's next for the key to victory? It's actually the reason behind why you're losing. Let's revisit Kirk's home run again. If the Dodgers were winning when Kirk went to bat, his home run wouldn't have mattered. But since the Dodgers were losing, Kirk's hit made all the difference. This may sound crazy, but simply put, right now you're losing. Do you want to know why this is? The answer goes back to why God made you. As we just covered, God made you and everyone else to worship him. Not only that, but worshiping God is what ultimately will bring you the most joy. But if that's true, then why are things the way they are right now? It sure seems like something is wrong with our world. Why is there pain and suffering if God designed creation to be joyful? Well, that's because there is something wrong with our world. And here's what it is. When God created you, he commanded that you love him so that you could experience his glory. But a defining characteristic of love is freedom. If someone forced you to play a sport, would you really love that sport? Of course not. Love that is forced is not love at all. Although God commanded you to love him, you have the freedom to love yourself more than you love God. Doing that brings all sorts of things God never wanted, and that's why this world is broken. People have chosen to love themselves more than God. But what about you? How do you know that you didn't love God first? It's actually really simple to find out. Because God has said, if you love me, keep my commands. John 14, 15. Okay, that sounds easy, doesn't it? Are you ready for a quick game to test your love for God? AKA, if you've kept his commands? Have you ever stolen or lied or done anything wrong? Well, then guess what? You lost the game. When God gave his commands, he said, you shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Exodus 20, 15 through 16. The list doesn't even stop there. It actually goes on longer. All these things are called sin. Basically, sin is breaking God's commands. The point is, when you sinned by breaking God's commands, you showed God you didn't love him. Once again, God made it clear when he said, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. John 14, 24. What this means is, if you truly want to love God and experience his glory, you can never, ever, not even once in your life, ever do anything wrong. Terrible news. We've all blown it. And this is serious. Once you've broken God's list, you've lost and are doomed for punishment forever. Don't try to trick yourself. Everyone in this world, including you, has broken God's list and because of that, have abandoned fully loving God. Even if you've only done one thing wrong your entire life, God says, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. James 
What is the punishment for breaking God's commands? God says, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. That means if you died tonight, you would spend forever in the most painful place ever. Hell. God describes hell as the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 13, 41 through 42. This is way worse than any workout or injury or anything you've ever experienced. And you'll be in this place forever. You might be asking, why is the punishment so severe? And a simple logic statement can answer this. Can someone who has never lost a game lose and still have a perfect record? It's not a trick. The answer is no. What does this have to do with anything? God has described himself like this. As for God, his way is perfect. 2 Samuel 22:31. Since God is perfect and every human is not, we can't be with God anymore. Otherwise, he wouldn't be perfect. Another way God is described is like this. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Habakkuk 1.13 You might be thinking, well, if he's God, why can't he just forget about the things that I've done which are wrong? Good thought, but imagine this story. Your team has lost to the same opponent in the championship for the last three years. Your team has been great, but this other team always seems to be a little bit better and has dominated everyone else for as long as you can remember. Now, envision that a few weeks before the championship game you're getting ready to play, word gets out that your opponent, the team which has dominated year after year, has been using performance-enhancing drugs all this time. Odds are you would be angry. Like, really angry. Now, what if the sports committee in charge of punishing this team decided to let them off the hook, just because they like them? Words probably can't describe how furious you would be. Guess what? You are that rule-breaking team. Remember, God is perfect. And you broke his law. Yes, he loves you. But if God just decided to let your wrongs off the hook because he loved you, he wouldn't be perfect anymore. He wouldn't be just. God tells us he is a righteous judge. Psalm 7:11. So, as a result of your wrongdoing and God's perfection, you're in a bad situation. God wants to be with you and wants to let you experience his glory, but he can't. As an imperfect human, you're separated from God forever. Never able to really achieve what God made you for. Simply put, you're missing the purpose for why you exist. It's kind of like you're a basketball without air, not able to do what you were designed to do. Alright, this might sound hard, but you actually should be feeling bad right now. That means you understand that you have wronged the one who created you and have a terrible fate ahead of you. God has described this fate as a place where the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever. There will be no rest, day or night. Revelation 14.11 Thankfully, the key to victory doesn't end there. Part 3. Who You Need Hopefully at this point you couldn't care less about Kurt Gibson's amazing home run. In light of what you're missing in your relationship with God, since you're an imperfect human, Kirk's hit seems way less significant. Fortunately, the key to victory doesn't have to stop with you losing. There's been enough bad news. So here's the good news. God wants you back. So he sent his one and only son to come live on earth as a legit human. God has told us this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. 1 John 4, 9. Not only that, but God's son was more than a regular human. He was also God himself. At another time, God described his son like this. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Colossians 2, 9. A.K.A. God's son was both fully God and fully man. So, what was the point of God sending his son? Well, here's the purpose. God's son, who is also called Jesus, never broke God's law, not even once. Jesus was the only human to be perfect, ever. God said about his son that 
he committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. 1 Peter 2.22 And this wasn't like a short stay here on earth. Jesus was born as a baby and lived to be a grown man. It's hard for us to relate to someone who has never done anything wrong, but that wasn't the only incredible thing that Jesus did. After living for a little over 30 years on earth, Jesus was killed as punishment. What punishment did he die for? Simple answer, Jesus died to pay for your sins and the world's sins. God explains it this way, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. 1 Peter 3.18 That's hard to wrap your mind around. So think of it this way. Imagine that you broke your team's rules by being late to practice. And, instead of having to run the punishment of extra sprints yourself, one of your teammates ran them for you. Your coach was satisfied with the punishment, and someone other than you paid for it. In essence, this is what Jesus did. He paid your punishment so that God who is perfect would be satisfied. Now, it's kind of easy to gloss over Jesus' death when you don't have the details. So let's go a little more in depth. The people who killed Jesus literally invented ways to make death more painful. The way Jesus died was gruesome, to say the least. Jesus received just about the most amount of tortures his killers could do to his body without actually killing him. Then they put him on a cross. They nailed Jesus' hands and feet to this cross and then hung him in front of the city's people to humiliate him. Anytime Jesus wanted a breath of air as he hung on the cross, he had to push up on his feet, further driving the nails into his body and scraping his back against raw, splintered wood. What makes this even more amazing is that when Jesus was going through all this, remember, after doing nothing wrong his entire life, he could have abandoned the plan and decided to have God save him at any time. But he didn't. Why did Jesus stay on that cross? Very simply, Jesus knew that the only way you and every other human could experience the glory God created you for was by taking your punishment through death. God said that Jesus paid for our sins on the cross by becoming a curse for us. Galatians 3.13 Jesus' love for you kept him on that cross. God said, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 So, how can the story get any crazier? Well, that was actually all build up. Now for the real action. Jesus died. Like really died. Like dead dead. Not like how you feel after running sprints, but like no life. Starting to stink absolutely dead. Yes, he died. But then he came back to life. God said, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. 1 Corinthians 6, 14. Jesus conquered death once and for all so that those who believe in him can have the true victory of being reunited with God. That means you can be brought back into the relationship with God that he originally intended you to have with him, and you can live forever in victory. When Jesus was on earth, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. John eleven twenty five. God can free you from your punishment because Jesus paid it for you. Now God says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. But, before we leave this part, you might be wondering, why did Jesus have to come back to life? Well, do you remember your teammate who was running sprints for you? If he had to keep running, and running, and running, what would that mean? It would mean the coach was never satisfied with the punishment. Remember, death is punishment for your sins. When Jesus came back to life, that signified that God, who is perfect, was satisfied with Jesus' payment and could now be reunited with his creation because their sins had been paid for. Since Jesus was willing to pay the punishment for the sins of all the world, you can now be restored to God. God says it best. 
But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Jesus did it for you, and not only is that absolutely, positively, without a doubt, the most clutch play in human history, but it's also the key to victory in your own life. Now, it's how you respond to this good news that will determine your future. Part 4. How You Can Start Winning When Kirk Gibson stepped up to the plate in the World Series, he had a choice to make. He could either swing the bat and try to hit a home run, or give up and lose. It may not seem like it, but this is similar to the position you're in. You can either respond to the amazing news of Jesus' clutch play and swing the bat, or you can sit back and decide to lose. Here's the good thing. Because Jesus has already done it for you, every time you swing, you will win. So let's take a step back and look at the big picture. Right now, you're either playing for Jesus' team or against him. There are no spectators. God said it plain and clear, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Matthew 12, 30. By default, everyone starts out against Jesus. When you were born, you joined the opposite team. How did this happen? It's kind of like when you join any sports team. Whether you like it or not, the past legacy of that team becomes a part of you, including losses. In a similar way, when you were born, you joined all human history with an inherited sin nature. However, your sin didn't stop at your birth. Not only did you inherit sin, but when you broke God's commands, you sinned yourself. You were a sinner both by birth and by choice. God says it like this, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. Romans 5.12 Not only that, but once you die, that's it. There's no changing sides. If you die playing against Jesus' team, you lose and have to pay the punishment for your sins. Making that choice would be like if you decided to go and run the extra sprints you had as punishment even after one of your teammates did them for you. But here's the problem. You'll never be able to pay for all your wrongs. Ever. You would have had to live a perfect life to do that. And as we already said, we've all blown it. Thankfully, because of what Jesus did, you now get to pick which team you're going to play for. So, what can you do right now to make sure you're on Jesus' team? Well, you have a choice to make. This might surprise you, but it's not complicated. There are no tryouts. You don't have to take a certain test. You don't even have to be good enough. Whoever you are and wherever you are, you can join Jesus' team as a free gift. God said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 No punishment, no work, absolutely free. It comes in the simple act of realizing that you've been playing for the wrong team and then turning to Jesus' team. God calls this repentance and said that he commands all people everywhere to repent. Acts 17.30 When you repent, you must turn from your sinful ways and depend on Jesus alone to bring you true victory. Jesus said it like this, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Mark 8.34 That means you can no longer live for yourself when you join Jesus' team. Glorifying God becomes your mission. God says everyone on Jesus' team must... Make it our goal to please him. 2 Corinthians 5.9 That doesn't mean it will be easy. As Jesus said, In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Luke 14.33 But what you have to give up is nothing compared to what you gain. Repentance also means that you understand Jesus is the only way to be reunited with God. And there's no other way you can earn it yourself. God said, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. 
It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8-9 So, when you begin to trust in Jesus and you join his team, what are the things that need to change? Or the things you need to give up? Well, it's kind of like joining an actual sports team. You have to acknowledge that you're changing sides. You have to turn from the ways of your old team to the ways of your new team. You have to build a genuine relationship with the coach, a.k.a. God, and you have to get rid of all the things that the new team doesn't accept. Those things that in reality have prevented you from becoming all that God created you to be. If you're not on Jesus' team right now, you're fighting a losing battle. The game is already over. The score has been settled. Jesus' team has won. Now you can stick to your own ways and struggle through the loss, or you can join Jesus' team where there are no favorites, and where when you die, you get to experience your ultimate purpose of being reunited with God. God has said, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Isaiah 65, 6-7 So what do you think? If you haven't ever trusted in Jesus, now is your chance. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, and this decision is not one you should wait on. God said, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 2. God has been kind enough to let you live this long playing for the other team, but you don't have forever to change sides. God has told you not to put this decision off when He said, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Hebrews 3 12. Are you ready to make that choice? The key to victory comes down to two simple steps. Repent and believe. God says it like this. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Acts 3.19 And also, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Romans 10, 9-10 The key to victory is really that simple. Are you ready to do this? God tells you to call on his name. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13. Call on the name of the Lord. Repent from your sins. Trust in Jesus and begin to live a life of victory. You can cry out to God by repeating what's next. But remember, this is between you and God. So speak from your heart. God, I have been playing for the wrong team. I have sinned and deserve punishment, and I have been separated from you. But now I want to change my ways and be made new. I want to join your team. I want to play for you and build a relationship with you. I believe that Jesus lived a perfect life on earth, died a death for me, and rose again. I know that Jesus has brought me ultimate victory and I turn to him for this free gift. I confess Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, God. I'm on your team now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Part 5. Where you go from here. Did you just join Jesus' team? Congratulations, and welcome to the team. Joining Jesus' team is more than just a simple decision. It's a changed life. God says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Now, it's time to get off and running in your new relationship with God. 
In the description, you can find a link that can connect you with a fellow teammate who can help you get started. Or maybe you still have more questions. We would love to help answer any questions you might have. Simply click the link in the description so that you can shoot us a message and someone would be happy to help.